it is with very, very heavy heart that Robbie and I are here to report that our Admiral level Patreon patron, John Espinosa, has passed away on Thursday, April the 13th in the morning after a very, very long bout with cancer. We got to know them over the Admiral Zooms. And we would like to dedicate this episode to John Espinosa. Our hearts go out to John's family and we're thinking of you. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry. As we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager, your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor, Garrett Wong, who in 2002 played Paul in the film Survival Island, <laughs> and myself, myself, your favorite helmsman, Robert Duncan McNeil, also known as Robbie D. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast and lots of bonus material by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Garrett, <laughs> Survival <laughs> Island. Oh my gosh. You bring <laughs> up you bring up something that is just the oh gosh. I don't what know. Is what is it? Say. I tried to find a uh I tried to find a trailer. I didn't try that hard. I'll be honest. Well, <laughs> I think it has multiple names. So wasn't it called Pinata De- or something? Demon, or? yeah, Pinata was one. Survival Islands another. Demon Island is another. So it has multiple names. I don't know, yeah. uh, but it's available on you know DVD and some. And usually, I would get texts at two or three in the morning from people going, "Dude, you're on Showtime right now." I'm like, "Oh, oh okay. that's funny. Yeah, it'd be on late night cable. It would they would show this. Oh yeah, I've yeah, done some so, of those. Yeah, this is basically a pinata, and not not the colorful kind at kids' parties. This is a traditional Mexican clay pinata, so made of uh-huh. clay, and it comes to life. It's inhabited by some evil spirit, and and it starts wreaking havoc on these campers and i'm sort of like a camp counselor like i'm older you know so right. it was this group of people which included um xander from uh buffy uh nicholas brendan he was nikki in brennan, it uh, yeah nikki brendan um series regular from sabrina the teenage witch um the boyfriend of sabrina who played uh-huh. sabrina uh camp i'm blanking on his name right now so he was in there um Jamie Presley was also in it. Um, it was a it was kind of like a who's who of younger Hollywood, and I was a bit older than them, so I was playing the counsel- camp counselor basically. Right. And um fun experience shooting, but it it was the reason why I missed out on Cameron Crowe's almost famous. That role of playing his boss of who hired him for Rolling Stone was my yeah. role. It was my role. Oh, and it was like wow. I went in to read for that, and the casting director was like, Hey, um, you know what? Forget about I'm not going to record you anymore. I'm just going to have you meet with Cameron. The minute the minute he meets you and just has lunch with you and talks with you, he's going to hire you. I know he will. And I was like, okay. I said, well, where is he? He's location scouting in, in um, San Diego for the next week and a half. I said, fine. I, I offered to fly myself and the casting director on my own dime, both right. of us. I said, I'll book our tickets now. We'll go meet him. She goes, oh, no, you don't have to do that. We'll figure it out. We'll have him come up to we'll have him come up to the casting office. And I said, Well, come up from where? Where he lives in Orange County. I said, Well, no, 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 no. Let's let's just let's just say right now 
that um, I'm filming this project, Demon Island, and it's just taking a long time. I'm afraid to schedule anything on the days that I'm filming. So can we avoid that? So we had one scheduled time, which then Cameron canceled so that we we rescheduled a second time, which then got canceled again or something. And so the third reschedule was on the day that we were filming. I was first seen up, first scene of the day, call time was 6 a.m. So I made my, I said, what's the latest we can make this, this meeting with Cameron? And she said, 4 p.m. is the latest? I go, fine, let's do 4 p.m. Because that'll give me a nice cushion sure. to film out in the middle of nowhere and drive to Santa Monica and right. be there by 4 p.m. Because if I'm the first thing of the day or 6 a.m. call time, oh, I you should, should be, be done, done by, by noon 9 or noon, noon at the latest, right? But first yeah. scene, if we hit it really quickly, I could be done quickly. Um, well, guess what? No, it's now 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. We haven't shot anything. Oh, it's no. 10 o'clock. It's 11 noon. We haven't shot a thing. What? And yet nothing. Nothing. Everything was going wrong. The actors were acting up. Things were happening that just they didn't expect would happen. Just all these crazy oh, hurdles no. came up. And I kept telling production, I said, I have to get out of here. The latest is 3 p.m. It's going to take me an hour to get to Santa Monica. So that's the latest. And at 2.45 or 2.50, they were like, dude, we, we can't. We're not going to get to you until another two or three hours. I was like, what are you talking about? I said, fine. So I called the casting director and I said, listen, I'm so sorry. It's now three o'clock. This is the latest that I can leave and still get there on time. I said, it's yeah. not going to happen. And I, and she goes, what? I said, I'm sorry. I told you I'm filming and this, you know, crazy stuff is going to happen. I know it was first up, but they're, they are so behind right now. And she goes, do you know, Cameron left his, uh, his house in, in Orange County just to meet you? Oh, and now no. he's already driven up. He's driving or he's driven up. He's waiting. And now you're going to say you're going to cancel. And I was like, yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. She goes, okay, well, we'll call you. Don't worry about calling us. Never heard back from him. Oh no. And that was it. And I was so bummed out. Oh God. It brings up so many crazy memories. Demon Island. Uh, Demon Island. That, that was, yeah. And that was also the production I was on where I had met, I was flying on Southwest and I had met this um, flight attendant that I'd gotten along with very well. And I was like, here's my, here's my number. Just call me next time you're in LA and I'll show you around. She called while I was working on Demon Island. And it was one of these calls. Hey, it's Angelina. And so my number is it's like that. Oh no. And it was because I didn't answer because I was in the Demon midst of Demon Island, Island ruined my chances. Ruined with, everything. With yes, with Angelina Seifert. And it ruined my chances with uh, uh Almost Famous, uh being on Almost Famous. And it's like it's so crazy because for years after that, I just I couldn't get that out of my head that I had lost Almost Famous. And I and I for years after I kept checking Facebook for Angelina Seifert and could never find her again ever. So that vanished just like the job. Yeah, so. you should have known when you knew this movie was called Demon Island. Demon Island. Yeah. It was haunted. Yeah. I'm wondering what would have happened if I just said, like, you know, guys, I was first up. I have a meeting with Cameron Crow. I'm leaving. And if I just left, yeah. and because I felt like I could have left Robbie, gotten to Santa Monica and come back. Oh, easy. And still been able Probably. to film. Yeah. Probably. So, yeah. It's, it's, it brings up some sad memories. Unfortunately. Oh, so, I'm sorry yeah. that I brought that up. That's okay, buddy. So deeply. That's okay. I got really passionate. You didn't expect me to go that far. No. <laughs> I just said you played Paul and yeah, deep, and then all this survival all island this or whatever out. it's yeah, called, and it came out. <laughs> My God. Okay. All right. So 
This week's episode, are you ready yes, to watch this? I am yeah? ready. Yes. Nightingale. Nightingale, okay. the episode. And Robbie and I are going to watch this and come right back with our recap and discussion of Nightingale. We'll be yes. right back. For all our Patreon members, stick around for your bonus material. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone, we're back from watching Nightingale. Wow, Captain look Kim. At, look at that. Harry Kim's wow. big episode, season seven, huh? What'd you I, think? I did not remember this. At all? At, at all. Not at all. Well, you know, you also appear at 19 minutes and 37 seconds. <laughs> That's I have a couple of hallway appear. scenes, and I sit on the bridge once or twice. Like, I don't do that much. <laughs> But honestly, no. I don't remember yeah. even ones that I had a lot to do sometimes. So I, it's not because I had a lot or a little. Okay. All it's right. just I don't remember. Um, yeah, we were wrong on director entirely. That was totally wrong. <laughs> we were oh wrong my. on um, writer as well. Story by Robert Led Letterman and Dave Long. I think maybe this is an outside pitch or something like no, that. Well, let me let names. me tell you what this is. I when I saw that, so yeah. Bob Bob Letterman yes. was an editor on our show. Oh, yes, Bob, that's right. Okay, and, so, so and not, he doesn't directed. go by Robert. He goes by Bob. Letterman. He goes by yes. Bob Letterman. That's right. Okay. He was an editor. He edited uh, at least one of the episodes I directed. I know that Bob directed on Next Gen. Oh, and wow. I think he sold a couple of story ideas. I don't think he ever wrote the script. Yeah. But he may have sold like a Next Gen story, a couple yeah. of DS9 stories. Like he he sold some stories. And his partner, Dave Long, when I, I didn't know who that was, when okay. I looked it up, there is no other credit other than Star Trek. He only... He must wow. have been a friend of Bob Letterman's, yeah. and they yeah. came up with ideas and yeah. pitched them to Rick Berman or whoever. And so I love that. I love that. Yeah. So teleplays by our friend Andre Bormanis. Yes. So I'm very excited uh, to see his name on this episode. Yes. And and for have... those of you that are Patreon supporters, you have probably heard his interview. We did. We recently interviewed Andre, and he talked about so many things behind the scenes about how yes. he got connected to star trek mm -hmm. his ambitions to be a writer not just a science consultant and it was a really good interview yeah. with mr bormanis and yeah, you know and for those of you out there if you haven't had the chance to be a patreon supporter this is your chance and you get all of these interviews from the commander level level up so these are all the perks that you get these extra um it was fascinating. It was really, really fascinating. Yeah, it was Stuff. really, and it's typically you know we've been around on this planet long enough that we've heard pretty much everything. So when we hear new stuff that we don't Brand know new about, stories, we get and, excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. It was great. Mm -hmm. It was. I was glad to see his name on a script Agreed. so close to when we interviewed him. Yes, yes. It, it was like putting all those pieces together, yeah. and it all uh, makes sense at that point. Yeah. It's like a little validation. Okay. And LeVar came back and directed. He hadn't directed in a couple of years with us. I don't That's think. right. That's right. The last this... time that he directed, I think, was the 100th episode, yeah. season five, yeah. Timeless, uh, when he directed me in that big one. So I think that yeah. was the last time he was here. So yeah. let's do our poetry synopsis. Okay. Okay. This is my haiku for Nightingale. The Kralor need help. Harry asked to be captain. The crew mutinies. 
Okay. Nice. All right. Covered I, a lot. Yeah. Give, give, like give me that. Give me that limerick. Okay. Fire here it at me. Here we go. The limerick <laughs> poetry yes. synopsis for Nightingale. Yeah. There once was an acting captain named Harry, who probably should have been a little more wary. Echeb feels the love tickles from Balana's mixed signals. To the Kralor, Captain Kim is legendary. Okay. Yours ends on a better note than mine. <laughs> yeah, you're a legend. You ultimately, ultimately, I do help those guys out. Help yeah. them survive. Yeah. You even, you know, you even help out the military involvement that we're not supposed, not supposed to, do, to help out with. But you do. You do all I the did. things. I did. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Huge episode for Harry Kim. Oh my god. You do you see how many lines I had in this one? Holy moly! A lot, this was, a lot yeah, of words. Yeah, a lot of words. Well, and you want to talk about the guest stars? Yeah, let's talk about the guest stars. Okay. Uh, let's start with Ron Glass, yes, who played Loken. Now, in the Loken. beginning, I was so confused with you, and I'm sure it's been edited so that it doesn't look like I'm confused in the intro. But I kept thinking Ron Glass was from WKRP in Cincinnati, and that's incorrect. The classic iconic sitcom Barney Miller is what oh. Ron was on. And I know that, but you know, my brain was just fried, I guess, yeah. when I was thinking about that. But Ron did 164 episodes of Barney Miller. Okay. Wow. So yeah. So that's where he, you know, that that was his claim to fame. That was his, yeah. you know, uh, entree into a series regular and so he did that, and that was a huge show. I remember watching that as a oh, kid, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. You did, too. Yeah. Ron's very first credit was a 1973 episode of All in the Family, which, again, I watched family. that as a kid, too. What? Huge show, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, super, super, uh, super cool credits. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge uh, massive credit for him to be on such a big hit at that point at that point i mean that's it... his first role to be on oh, a massive yeah, hit was... like that that's that's a coup for him yeah and yeah. if you look at his resume it's just one after another it's a very long list of credits it's similar to like bob Picardo or ethan phillips resume just a lot of comedies massive. i think you know a lot yeah. of a lot of half hour comedies which is mm -hmm. interesting because we didn't get a lot of comedic actors on a on Voyager, you know, they were usually right. like theater trained, Very serious. serious. Yeah. But I yeah. love when we got, you know, these uh, actors that were used to doing comedy. It brought a different, just a different vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was great to work with on set. And I remember being in awe of the actor from Barney Miller, you know, and also yeah. Firefly, Firefly and the feature film Serenity, the feature film for Firefly, uh, yeah. another sci-fi franchise there but unfortunately he passed away november 25th oh. 2016 yes so he um he's been uh, gone for about seven years now gosh mm. it's so crazy to say 2016 was seven years ago all right next up we have manu and Taremi. we've already talked about manu before Yes. And we have Beverly Leach, who played Dela. Her very first credit is a 1986 episode of Facts of Life. You remember that uh, show? Another half another, hour. Look yeah, at this. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> and she's born in Paris, Texas. So there you mm. go, Tom Paris. Paris, Texas, where she's from. Nice. Uh, yes. Next is Paul F. O'Brien. So Paul O'Brien's very first credit is a yes. 1985 episode of Spencer for Hire. Oh, where my God. Avery Brooks was the lead. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. We also have Scott Miles, and he played Tarek 
the uh, young uh, yes. crew member, the Cradler crew member that I was sort of, you know, bossing around. Um, bossing around, mentoring. Uh-huh. Mentoring, yes. yes. 1998 feature film, A Soldier's Daughter Never Cries. Oh, Yes. And so that was his first. Is that credit. a TV movie or something? I, I don't even know. Like. Yeah, it sounds a little TV or a movie. A lifetime or, movie or something like or that. Or straight to video or something like yes, that. Yes, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Alan Brooks, who played yes. the Inari Commander, yes. 1979 feature film called Going in Style. Going in mm. Style was Alan's first credit. Okay. We also have uh, Bob Rudd, who played Brell, and his first credit was a 1994 film, Married People, Single Sex. And interestingly enough, 1994 was his first credit, but Voyager, this episode of Voyager was his yeah. final credit as an actor. I don't know what wow. he went on to do. Yeah. And I couldn't find any obituary or any type of information on whether or not he's passed or not. Bob but Rudd. it seems, yeah, Bob Rudd just said, hey, I'm doing something else, you know. Yeah. All right. And so that's it. That's a roundup. A roundup All people. right. Well, mm-hmm. let's talk about this episode, the story here. So, yeah. Uh, okay. So we start with a uh, a cool ship shot. It's on Voyager is on a planet. Mm-hmm. It's touched down on this kind of deserty, uninhabited planet. Yeah. We hear the captain's log saying that we've touched down on this uninhabited planet. We're doing maintenance and maintenance yeah. overhaul on the ship that's long overdue. Yeah. There's shuttles off looking for supplies. And I noticed this was a digital ship. This was not oh. uh, our model. This was definitely a digital ship, and it was mm. really well done. Yeah, and this was around the time that we were sort of transitioning from the model work that yeah. those large scale models that they had filmed yeah. into mostly digital, digital stuff. Digital and this effects, was great. Yeah, yeah you had yeah. people walking on the deck of the ship mm-hmm. on the outside of the ship. Great mm-hmm. interaction with shuttles lifting off and things. It was just cool. Well, did you notice? The shuttles were used to to lift lift the equipment equipment and yeah. and and it looked like it looked like they were pulling out structure but the actual yeah. structural part of the nacelles was being lifted by the shuttle and I yeah. thought wow yeah. that's interesting we're not even using a crane we're using a shuttle as yeah. a construction device but you yeah. know if you're not in a shipyard and you're in the delta quadrant you you need to become a macgyver basically yeah. you need to macgyver everything so that was yeah, pretty it was cool. very cool was yeah very cool. oh and one thing you left out is that it was torres it was your your honey that convinced captain janeway to do this yes, major she, maintenance yes. overhaul yeah yes lieutenant mm-hmm. torres was bugging her for months we yes. to take care of this stuff so yes so yeah. then when we go into engineering there's mm-hmm. balana <laughs> you know <laughs> on a mission and the yes. thing i've I laughed about was like Janeway is chasing Balana around engineering. I've never seen Janeway chase anybody. Janeway's like, you know, I, I don't know the dialogue, but she was like, you know, how's this going? How's that going? And Balana is just like tossing over her shoulder. Yeah. You know, I don't basically, I don't have time for you, Captain. Like right. things are fine, but I got a lot to do. <laughs> it was really funny. And uh this is uh, a scene where where there's like a uh some kind of a blackout or something happens yeah everything and fritzes s- out yeah suddenly the lights come back on unexpectedly for balana yeah. and she's like yeah. what happened and each back there and he says oh i just fixed a, a charge imbalance or something in in the uh some matrix <laughs> and janeway and balana are both impressed but i immediately went wait a minute balana's being super friendly oh okay. like what is going on and then yeah. janeway assigns each to 
engineering, like he's done that, fix that, you know, charging balance so quickly, you need to help us with these maintenance and repairs because you're so yeah. smart. But I just immediately thought this is out of character for, for Bellana. She's yeah. never this friendly to anybody. Yeah. Why is she being so sort of coy? And which we'll see later in the episode, right. that it's to, you know, amplify Echeb's feelings about about Bellana being flirty or mm-hmm. having a crush on him. But it just seemed like, I don't know, I would have had her be much more normal and have him just pick up on the littler things rather than. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Bellana's not even that n- nice to me, to Paris. Mm-hmm. And she was, you know, why? <laughs> yeah, why, why is she suddenly so nice is to, like? Is he? Is it because bizarre. he's the boy genius? Is that why she's so nice to him? I yeah. don't know. But why frankly, is... until when he popped up, I'm like, oh man, I had completely forgotten about that character, as if like it just com- wasn't even in my mind. Mm-hmm. And now, because it's been a while since we've seen Echeb, yeah. right? So yeah, now, yeah, he pops in and um, uh, has this scene. And you're right, very uncharacteristic of her to be so nice because she's yeah. usually not that way with not anybody, that warm and including friendly. you right so including why would she anybody. be nicer to him than she would weird. be to her her love so yeah it's weird it was a little mm-hmm. weird we go inside the delta flyer there's yeah. uh neelix harry seven is there um the first thing we see is this flyby and then we we see this foot shot was it like neelix's feet and then we hear yeah he's sleep he, yeah he's sleeping yeah. he's sleeping that's right and the camera sees his feet yeah and then suddenly and then he I wakes play up. An alarm i play that weird alarm right there and yes. uh i kept thinking god they had so many options and i feel like paris would have programmed that delta flyer to have a funnier sounding like a funny alarm or or oh, you that know, would have been funny you know what i'm saying like like yeah. the like if it was the horn from the the Walton's car, gagooga, gagooga, something like that, you know, mm-hmm. just you know, from the something from the 20th century that would have been that would have been cool. Yes, that Tom Paris would have been into a, a, a sound that we're familiar with. So, but Harry is driving. He's driving again. By the way, Harry has been it's driving the, the Delta Flyer a couple times in a row. Yeah, um, we find out they're scouting for dilithium in some mm. nearby nebula, and they have scanned and come up with nothing they've scanned like four Yet times again. At this point. <laughs> nothing and then yeah. suddenly there's some small weapons fire around them and there's a vessel approaching mm-hmm. there's another uh vessel becomes visible decloaks basically right. yeah and we realize there's a bit of a battle going on and the one that decloaks asks for help and neelix wants to help and harry's yeah. like uh no we can't get involved in a fight you know prime directive and all but Neelix kind of begs, like, you know, we have to help these people. They need our help. I think they say that it's like a, a hospital ship or something, right? A medical well, they, ship. Yeah. Well, they say it's we're on a humanitarian mission. Humanitarian. We're exactly. delivering medical supplies. So. Medical supplies. Yeah. They're yeah. playing the, the you know, the the feelings card, the sympathy oh, yeah. card really hard yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Neelix, they've hooked Neelix. He wants to help. And Harry well, yeah, does. Kim is already like, no, forget it. We're not even going to get, no. we're not going to get involved. We're backing up reverse course. And Neelix is the one that convinces Harry. Yeah. We should help these people. Yeah. So Harry comes up with a way to disable the. The attacking ships weapons mm-hmm. we cut onto the Kralor bridge next yeah and harry and neelix beam over to this medical humanitarian ship supposedly mm-hmm. uh lots of wounded there we realize that the captain and all the officers are dead except for one this is Tarek, who has no experience on the bridge yeah. i mean <laughs> in that one attack which didn't look that 
that bad. Much of a, yeah, no, it didn't look that bad. But they've killed of, half of, the people on the ship. Fifty-six crew members. There's only twenty-seven left. So after a few a few yeah. hits, which clearly didn't do that much damage, there's all these dead people. Yeah. So um, they're very very fragile uh, aliens. They seem very <laughs> sympathetic still. Yeah, and they say there's only basically only passengers left alive, and this one guy on the bridge who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Do you remember the name of this race? They are the Kralor. They're the Kralor, but then the people that are firing at them are the Anari, or yeah, yeah, and Anari. <laughs> Do you know what Anari is in Japanese food? It's a little, it po- it's a little, it's a little pocket of, it's like a soy um, base pocket with rice inside there. Oh so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Inari. So every time they were talking about the Inari, I kept thinking about thinking about sushi. sushi. Yeah. So um, <laughs> whoever's editing this, maybe they can flash up a, an image of an Inari um, thing, pocket things, just to show. Okay. Inari, you're making yeah, me Inari. hungry. I know. Harry does decide to help them, and he kind of does some stuff and brings the warp back online. Yeah. Um, and Harry goes even deeper and says, "We're going to have to go deck by deck yeah. to restore these systems." And they basically say, well, we want to we want to fix the cloak, our cloaking device first. Mm, mm-hmm. Seems very important to them. Right. And then we go into one of their hallways, I think, next. Right. Uh, Yeah. We're we're kind of like it looks like it's their engineering area, maybe yeah. something. But we're kind of working. Harry's working on on fixing all the damage and Tarek's with him. And Tarek's, you know, Tarek's amazed. Tarek's like, wow, how did you disable the Inari so quickly? And and then, you know. Harry starts talking about, well, you know, it's all part of my training. It's my Starfleet training. And Tarek asks about that. And the the, the best question is when Tarek goes, oh, so how long have you been captain? <laughs> and yeah. Harry's like, no, 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 I'm just an ensign. And he's, he doesn't even know what ensign is, uh, like most people in the Western, in the world right now. <laughs> ensign is yeah. such a, you know, very, a, I think a very small percentage of people even know that ranking because it's just a right. naval ranking only in right. the U.S. military, right? You don't have ensigns in the Army, Air Force, or any other branch of the military. So, uh, yeah. So he explains ensign is the most junior officer. And we find mm-hmm. out that Tarek is on his first deep space assignment so Tarek is really harry kim season one right now yeah and you know kim and uh and Tarek have a bonding moment basically i yeah. feel like this is a, a time where where kim has become in a way a mentor or you know someone to to guide Tarek. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So then um, we jump out of this scene and now we're in mm-hmm. Cargo Bay 2. We're in Cargo Bay 2 and there's this crane shot coming down. It was a nice shot. Yep. I, by the way, I thought um, LeVar did a really nice job directing this episode. Okay, so you did was, like his direction. Yeah, I thought that was I, nice. I did too. Yeah, yeah I was nice hoping that... camera movement and it just, yeah, it was very elegant and very, mm-hmm. um, very smooth. Everything about yeah. it. Yeah. Nothing was, uh, nothing seemed out of place. It no. seemed, oh, yeah, it, it moved well. Mm-hmm. But there's this crane shot. Balana's coming in to check on Echeb. And yeah. uh, I noticed he's got a snack in there. Okay. <laughs> it looked like nachos. That's what I said. Didn't too. it? Yes. He's eating he nachos. Goes, she goes, what's that? He says, oh, the diagnostic of the antimatter injectors. He goes, no, no, no. The stuff you're eating. And he goes, nutritional supplements replicated to meet my metabolic requirements. My requirements are nachos. <laughs> so, and I'm, no, he didn't say that, but I he didn't I say that. But it that looked plate. like nachos. It was nachos. Yeah. My goodness. 
So funny. and he's like, and and he's eating while he's working. So she's basically like, hey, you don't have to work all yeah. the time. Yeah, you need to relax sometime, have fun. <laughs> Again, I'm like, who why? is this Balana? Yeah, why are you saying this? Why? why? I mean, here's the trick, right? Yeah. Just to step back for a second. You're telling a story where someone we know, Balana, uh, we know her very well, mm-hmm. um, is seen by another character in a way that's not quite right. Yeah. And the way they achieved that in this episode was to have the actress playing Balana do things that weren't normal <laughs> there, to yes. help that story. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I would have been much more cautious about playing her, you know, and, and maybe they meant to be more cautious but they weren't because she was very different than we normally see her and it was only yeah. to help sell this story of each seeing her like intentions and thinking that she's romantically interested but i think it would have worked better if she had been more normal and he had been reading into things mm-hmm. that were normal it just it 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 seemed strange to me it seemed it it is strange but you know the way i validated the whole thing was i felt that she looked at him as he's a kid you know and usually when when people are sort of short and curt and and you know fiery like balana's character is when they're sometimes when they're dealing with kids, they they, they get a little bit more like, oh, so you know, Soften what, what up do you do for bit. fun? Yeah, I know. I th- so that's I thought how of I, that. I thought of that I, too. Yeah. yeah, but it still felt like it felt like we were intentionally playing her in a, a very different way than we ever see her. Okay, so okay. that the story would work, and I feel right. like it actually could have worked better if she had been normal. Yeah, and the kid without the experience was misinterpreting normal things as or as as um, um as romantic interest romantic interest yeah. yeah yeah it's just yeah. like when paris came in and said um you know oh you should try drag racing i mean i'm jumping ahead but yeah, like yeah. and he's like oh are you challenging me right i was like yeah let's go do it let's have fun yeah i feel like that worked because i wasn't being any different to him than you normally would be yes like the story the way he interprets it is oh that was a klingon challenge for a mate right but i wasn't playing it like it was yeah let's race you know if i had if i had suddenly become klingon like and aggressive and made it Mm. it would have I, I see why he would have thought that was a Klingon challenge for sure, but it wouldn't have been Tom Paris. Like, would anyway? You get well. What I'm if saying. she, I do get what you're saying, but if she, okay, if Roxanne was to play it where she was her normal self, her normal self yeah. as Bellana, would that have been enough for this B storyline to even work at that? point? I think so. Okay, I think it work would have worked better. Better. Honestly. Okay, because right. you know when you saw Bellana running around engineering and Janeway chasing her. Mm-hmm. That I, I, I'm not. I, I don't think. Oh well, now Balana doesn't think Janeway's captain because she's not respecting her. Right. I just thought, oh, she's doing her job. She's like busy. that's how yeah. Balana is. Yeah. That looks like how Balana's obsessive, intense nature. Mm-hmm. If she's got to do repairs, she would, you know, walk away from the captain because she's got a million things to do and and right. force force the captain to chase her. I yeah. bought that. Yeah. But I didn't buy when she was like stopping everything to go. Hey. How's it going? <laughs> you should come rock climbing with me. It was just like, what are you? Anyway. Okay, let's move on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Where are we? Uh, um, I think we're in the Kralor ship. Kralor ship. Yeah. Yes. It's now it's a very clean bridge. 
how they went from <laughs> this complete destruction disaster that unbelievable to yeah. like a beautiful bridge i don't understand but anyway <laughs> harry's done it all by himself i wrote yeah. down harry has repaired and done a full detail cleaning it's like you took it to the detail shop and polished yeah. and shine and yeah. armor all the everything that's it harry's was... hidden talent he's a good starship detailer he details he yeah. cleans the starship well they've repaired the vessel and uh Logan, who's the head of he says he's the head of this research team basically well, says he says he's there. a doctor is what he says yes. right yeah. yes <laughs> he says uh harry should be captain and bring them back because no one no one else can fly can the take ship. them back yeah and Tarek says he's only trained you know with shuttles and, right you know harry's worried about the prime directive again Logan says they've got this vaccine mm-hmm. um to help all of these people that are dying on their home world and they've got to get this vaccine back and even Neelix again gets involved. Neelix very sympathetic. And, and Neelix says, you know, the planet that they need to get to um, is on the way back to uh, where Voyager, Voyager is. <laughs> so Harry's like, okay, all right. Seven is not happy. No. She's like, does not think this is a good idea. But Harry <laughs> agrees. And we go out to space and we see them cloak. We see their this cloaking technology. Right. Um, for the first time, and they cloak up mm-hmm. and head off towards with Harriet as a captain, temporary mm-hmm. captain, and then we're back on the bridge. I think, right? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a time it's a b- bit of a time jump, and yeah. we uh, before I know before the bridge that we do have a part where we um, like we're heading back to the planet where we're supposed to deliver these vaccines, but as we approach the planet, um, we realize that uh, or seven detects there's three alien vessels. Um, yeah, three in our ship orbit. are orbiting around yeah. the planet. Right. And Harry's like, Uh-oh. Voyager's in danger. Like, these are the guys that are attacking right. these super nice Praylors. These these Anari are bad guys, Harry thinks. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's when we jump to the bridge of Voyager. Got to warn Voyager. Yeah. 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 You're thinking, oh, my goodness, our main heroes are about to be in danger but then now we flash to the voyager bridge and janeway is kind of in the midst of it almost looks like she's giving a tour to um uh, gerald or gerald i don't know how you pronounce that name but and she's just talking about possibly getting a trade done because we need certain resources and they have certain resources yeah she's giving him a tour and by the way i love the the blocking and the shot that Mm -hmm. lavar did here because they come in on the bridge off the turbo lift they walk on the upper level towards Harry Station. Then they yeah. go down to the next station. Yeah. And then they they sort of fall into some coverage there. And it was just, again, elegantly done. Um, a great flow to the scene. Yeah, very great flow. Mm-hmm. The camera was moving. LeVar did a really good job. And, um, yeah, we realized they, Voyager needs some deuterium injectors. And we offer some, uh, what do we offer? Zeolic, ze- Zeolitic ze- ore. Theolytic war. There you mm-hmm. go. And that's when uh, Harry Kim contacts suddenly, yeah. contacts him and asks, Hey, Captain, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. And she's like, What? And <laughs> why wouldn't it be? Why, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. And Harry talks about the uh, several alien ships orbiting the planet. And Jane was like, You know what? It's cool. I mean, everything's yeah. fine. We've made some new friends. That's all. When you coming back, and Kim's like, you know, there's a bit of a delay. Nothing bad, you know. So, didn't didn't Kim find knows. any dilithium. Yeah, right. still looking for dilithium, Captain, mm-hmm. which is not true. Right. Um, but he acts a little, you know. Yeah. Super friendly, and uh, yeah. And even Gerald says, or Gerald says, uh, dilithium. 
We can yeah. get you dilithium too. So he <laughs> does seem very friendly. He does seem that, very friendly. And that's the key word there for Janeway. She's like, ha ha ha, dilithium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We do see that uh, Loken on the Krayler Bridge says that looks like Janeway and the Inari, they yeah. formed some kind of alliance. Mm-hmm. And they seem yeah. really nice, but you know they yeah. they gain your trust and then they make you subjects of the Anari. And so yeah, so Kim is you know still suspicious mm-hmm. and thinks that these uh, this humanitarian ship is are the good guys. Yeah, I'm assuming Kim probably did a scan to detect when the Anari depart from Voyager mm-hmm. because that's when. You are about, we're back on the Voyager bridge and you hear yeah. Kim hailing Voyager and Janeway's like, oh, we didn't expect you so soon. And Harry's like, well, actually I'm closer than I let on. Um, I also have some friends of my own, which then leads us to the next scene in the briefing room where Loken is explaining his need for help, for assistance to get back to their home world. And with these valuable vaccines that they have, and of course we know later that it's not the truth, but um Janeway's like you know okay uh I'll think about it I'll think about this yeah Uh Mm -hmm. and then he leaves and Janeway and and Harry continue to talk I I have to say in this scene in the briefing room yeah we had you know normally we're in space so the lighting in there is always kind of that general space lighting generic space lighting but this was golden golden hour lighting (laughs) we were on the planet surface so outside the briefing room is the planet surface so we had this really strong sunlight this golden sunlight coming in it it, it looked like it was either uh it was sunset time right i mean it was was beautiful it was was gorgeous yeah it was really nice to see that room sort Mm -hmm. of on a planet yeah just a different look i thought it was really cool and i think up until this point I've seen that. I mean, we've only really seen that type of light maybe once or twice, uh, I think. Uh, yeah. We've seen it a couple of times before, but not the golden hour, though. It's been yeah. like regular daylight, yeah. uh, but not this beautiful golden light that we got on this one. Yeah, it was so. pretty. Mm-hmm. It was very pretty. But basically, yeah. Janeway says to Harry in the briefing room, like, you've put me in a tough position yeah. and, you know, we could use the help of the Inari. They're offering to give us supplies that we need. And mm-hmm. Harry basically pleads for a chance to help. Yeah. Janeway says, I can, sp- I guess I could spare Chakotay or Tuvok to do the job. And Harry's like, no, 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 no. I did a Kralor. They're already familiar with me. So, you know, why don't, why don't I just take care of this? And yeah. And his first real command, he says he's been dying for, for, uh, <laughs> he even says like, if we were back home, I would be, you know, a Lieutenant or, you know, far beyond this. I would have yeah. been promoted a couple of times, but being yeah. out here is kind yeah. of why I haven't had the opportunity mm-hmm. to, um, you know, go up through the ranks. And right. So she allows him to go back, uh, but she sends seven with him. And since seven doesn't have a rank, I do outrank her. Yes. <laughs> That's what yes. happens at the end. Yeah. I like that. Uh, we go to the doctor's office. Ejeb comes in and he comes in for some, he says for a hollow emitter. But it's clear pretty quickly that he's not really there for anything serious. He wants to know, how do you tell if someone has romantic feelings for you? And the doctor <laughs> says, well, you know, compliments or invitations for social activities, <laughs> finding excuses to be in close proximity. And each of says, well, could that happen in a normal relationship that's not romantic? Yeah. And the doctor's like, yeah, sure, it could. But, you know, he kind of gives him some advice, basically. And yeah. each of once he's got some advice and feedback from the doctor, he literally literally leaves without yeah. getting the hollow emitter or anything. So yeah. clearly, 
he wanted before, this feedback. Yeah, he did. But before he leaves, the the most important part of that scene is Egypt says, "Is there any way to be absolutely sure about this?" And the yeah. doctor says, "Well, other than an open declaration of affection, there are some fairly reliable physiological responses: elevated yes. blood pressure, increased beta endorphin production, and that's when he bolts out because now he's yeah. got his information. He knows he, he can he's scan got scientific Bellana. way yeah. to yeah." <laughs> We go to the corridor and there's Tom and Harry. Um, yeah. Tom wants to come along. Yeah. And this is the first time we see you, though, Tommy. It's so 19 yeah, minutes in. Yep. And 37 seconds. Um, we see Tom Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Tom wants to join Harry on this, uh, you know, escorting them back. But Harry yeah, he's says, stir crazy. <laughs> you're a married man now. And, uh, and you, you know, uh, you need yeah. to stay here. And it's interesting because Harry, in the end, he's like, he says, basically... Tom, it's always been like Captain Proton, and I'm always Buster Kincaid. Right. And now it's my turn to be Captain uh, Proton. Captain Proton. So. But you do bring up it's about a girl, isn't it? There's a girl on that ship, which yeah. is funny because, yeah, typically it is about a girl, but yeah. not in this case. Not in no. this case. True. Mm-mm. We go to the mess hall. There's Neelix uh, asks Harry. Uh, you know what he wants for dinner offers a couple choices he calls me captain too which is kind of cool so yeah yeah but harry's like uh eh, it doesn't matter yeah you know, whatever whatever <laughs> and neelix is like wrong answer you've yeah. got to be decisive oh yeah that's an important line i mean he says if you're going to be a captain you have to act like a captain never yes. admit you're uncertain about anything you can't be indecisive in front of your crew and now i just want to throw in here this is the reason why I wasn't a huge fan of Enterprise early seasons, because I love Scott Bakula. I absolutely adore Scott Bakula. And in interviews, he talks about his choices of how he played Archer in the beginning. Yeah. And he said, because he's such an early Starfleet captain, he wanted to play it with indecision, where he wasn't sure if he was doing the right thing, if he wasn't. Th- and to me, yeah. it's it seemed like he wasn't a captain. Exactly what this speech talks about with mm. Neelix. It just seems like he, Archer comes off as a first officer. So that was yeah. my issue with Enterprise. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's very well said by Neelix here about mm-hmm. being decisive and what it takes to be a leader. And mm-hmm. at the end, I think Harry goes, Neelix. What does yeah. he say about like, what he wants pull to me, eat? Yeah, pull me soup. Make sure it's hot. Something like that. Make sure so, it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you went from like, oh, whatever. doesn't matter yeah. to like mad about it. Yeah. It's it like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to say this whole, this entire episode is it's just pretty much Neelix is the reason why we, I save these people. He's the yeah. reason why I become a little tough and hardcore because, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of pushing me in that direction in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we go back to the Kralor Bridge. There's Harry. Seven enters. Um, Harry and Seven both enter. Yeah. Yeah. Tarek says, uh, "Captain on the bridge." When mm-hmm. Harry walks in, mm-hmm. and Harry's like, "How? How do what? you know about that?" Yeah. And Tarek says, "Well, I've been studying Starfleet, and uh, he studied the manual that I loaned him." Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he asks the ship name, and what is it named? It's like Medical Transport One Three Six. Yeah. So and Kim's Harry- like. Yeah, yeah. I can this go needs- ahead and name it something else better than that. Uh, Nightingale, named after a famous uh, individual, Florence Nightingale, who treated wounded soldiers on the battlefield. And Loken mm-hmm. likes it. He's like, ah, oh, it's perfect. And by the way, the the name Loken, all I could think of was Kristana Loken, who guest starred in on Voyager. Her last name uh-huh. was basically the name of our alien. 
And uh, Harry basically hails Voyager, telling uh, Janeway that we're about to head off. Janeway says, good luck. And Kim says, see you in a few days. Kim, yeah. Yep. We have a Kim, uh, we have an acting captain's personal log from Harry, which is the first time yeah. you, you ever hear that. That was nice. Yeah. And then, then we see him rearranging his desk. <laughs> and he's got like, I don't know, paper weights and. He walks around. There's a saxophone on a stand. And I remember this. I actually remember this scene. And I remember LeVar was like, like, oh, at the beginning of the scene, Garrett, I just need you to just straighten things out. Make it your own, you know? And I'm like, okay, all right. I'll just kind of move things around. And um, I guess I'll make it. Because there wasn't a lot of stuff there. There's a few No, there items. wasn't much. So it was a little bit of a, a, a you know, I, I felt like, oh, I don't know if this is going to play, but it looked okay. It wasn't, it it looked wasn't fine. a horrible scene. Yeah. Well, it was weird to see the saxophone and all that stuff to me over the over the um, the captain's log. But yeah. then when Seven comes in, it's like, why are you decorating? We're only going to be here a couple of days. <laughs> At least they they owned it. Like They, they did own it, it. Yeah. They put it in the dialogue. Because if you had done that and, and no one had commented on it, I'd be like, right. it's weird. He's yeah. only there for a couple of days. Like, yeah. Moving in, decorating the place. But Harry does say, yeah, I'm decorating because, you know, captains need to have a personal relationship with their vessel. That's very important. Uh, Kim asks if there's anything else. And Seven yeah. basically says, well, I asked Tarek to make a course correction. And then Kim immediately is like, what? He's never done that before. Oh, I, I, I better check. And Seven's like, look, I, I think he can do this himself. And Kim doesn't even listen to that. He no. burst onto the bridge. He's like, status? Tarek's I wrote, like, would you write? I wrote down micromanage much. Yeah. Uh, yeah that was exactly it. Micromanaging so. Tarek. But uh, yeah, so we go to the bridge and Harry's checking Tarek's work. And he yeah. literally pushes him out of the seat and says, you know, let yeah. me let me show you how it's done. Oh, God. And, so difficult uh, for me to film this scene because I hate being micromanaged. And I had to play the micromanager on this one. Yeah, you like, did. Oh, I don't want to do this. But I did it. But I you did it. it. You pushed him out of the seat. We cut yeah. to seven at the end of the scene. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's like thighs. And it was funny. Like, um, the entire time, seven can see everything so clearly. Right. So yeah. I felt like she should have come up earlier to have a conversation. And just said, me, but dude. Just, yeah. Juice, yeah. Let me shake you out of this like fog that you're in. Like, come yeah. on, man. Just let him do yeah. his job. That's it. Um, oh, so now we're in the Jeffries tube with your lovely, lovely lady. Oh and my God. Icheb. Again, I wrote down too flirty. What is going on? She's never this friendly to anybody. And then and... When he, but then when he grabs that thing from her, he grabs her hand first. Yes. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Stop it. I don't want to see this. Yeah, you know, if if that had happened and she yeah. didn't have any romantic intention, she would have been like, Ichab, what are you doing? doing? Yeah. yeah. Like totally. Let go of my hand. Stop being a creeper. You're just a creeper. But, yeah. But I felt like she was being a creeper. Like again, and she this was, is not this is not Robbie's jealousy of a relationship on the show with Tom yeah. and Bellana. Right. This is just as a viewer, I yeah. don't buy it. Okay. Like I really didn't buy. I buy yeah. Harry what? feeling like he's got a micromanage. I buy all that. I buy Harry taking yeah. himself a little too seriously or you know, whatever. I buy all that. I don't yeah. buy. I don't buy Janeway chasing Bellana around the yeah the thing. Yeah, I buy. I, I would have felt like Janeway would have stood her ground and Just let watch Bellana, Bellana bounce walk, around. run around. Yeah. And mm -hmm. are you done yet? You want to yeah. talk to your captain now? Because I've been standing here, or yeah, whatever. But 
there were some things in this that were inconsistent to character for me. So I also think Torres would have, would have, you know, would have given pause to that one time that in this scene when uh, Egypt says, well, wouldn't you prefer to spend time with your husband, your free time with your husband? Yeah. I think she, at that time she would have went, wait, wait, what, what are you, are you trying about? to say? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You wait, you think that I like you? I think that's where this should have happened in this yes. scene where she would have realized, oh, you think I like you, but yeah. no, she doesn't get it yet. But they kind of have this flirty thing working in the Jeffrey's tube. And then she stands up through like a portal in the yeah. top at the very end. And he gra- quickly grabs his tricorder and scans her body. Her, <laughs> yeah, no, it was weird. It was like weird. Her thighs but also... are right in front of his face, and he's like scanning her thighs. <laughs> well, he didn't. When he pulled it out, I think he almost dropped it, and so he kind of oh. like he kind of oh. regained control. So it looked like he was trying to scan her, but I rewound it. He didn't scan her leg. It just it was just a little awkward. But oh. I do think that that Manu played that well though, because it, it with the realization is like oh, the doctors told me this and it's the, right. The like blood he, pressure's elevated. The, yeah, yeah, like the way he he his realization that because in his mind Balana is in love with him at this. Yeah, point, that's right? scientific evidence. Yeah, scientific, it's she's... scientific evidence. I have the proof. And I think that the way he played it, his reaction on his face was priceless. It was just yeah, like was she, she's up high, and he's like, "Oh, oh my god!" It just. Yeah. Yeah. He, without any lines, he played it very well. So good job to Manu on that one. I've never seen, by the way, portals going up in the Jeffrey's tube. We always have to climb. Yeah, to it's the always end. it's always uh, um, it's always horizontal, correct? So it's not always a horizontal tube. until yeah. you get to a junction, and then yeah. it goes up and down. I've never yeah. seen us like just stand up. Well, in the well you, you can't in a normal Jeffrey's tube. No. You're, not, you're you're not able to stand up. You have to be yeah. crawling the entire time. Yeah. We're back to the uh, Crayler Bridge. Yep. Harry is in the captain's chair. There's an alarm. There's a power fluctuation in the propulsion system. Mm -hmm. Seven says it's destabilizing the cloak. Kim says, I'll stop. Uh Uh, The ship ends up decloaking. And Mm -hmm. the next scene, we're now in the uh, engineering uh, area for the Kralor ship. I called it the warp core room of the Kralor ship with the tiniest warp core (laughs) I've ever seen in space. It is the tiniest. It was like a little. It was like a little popsicle stuck right there. Yeah, was, yeah it was. But up to me, it. I felt feel like, like my vacuum okay. cleaner is bigger no, than their okay. warp. No, 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 no. This is what. <laughs> I feel like my Dyson what... vacuum cleaner is larger than the engine that <laughs> no. drives their ship. Okay, first of all, it's a small ship. It's not a full size okay. starship. Okay. Secondly, it reminded me of. Okay, you remember. Like a traditional hot water, 50-gallon, 70-gallon, 100-gallon yeah. hot water heater, okay? That's yeah. in a house. All of a sudden, I don't know, maybe 25 years ago, companies had these – you didn't even have to have the heater anymore. You had this tiny box was that box, was like yeah. instant heat, right? Mm-hmm. So it just went through that box and it heated it quickly. So you didn't have to have the huge thing anymore. So I thought, oh, it's kind of like that. So, so yes, you're thinking was very... this thing this thing is smaller than my vacuum cleaner. But I was like, oh, this is advancement <laughs> in technology. No, I, I was like, no, this okay. is uh, cheaping out on the set costs. They just okay. didn't. Because it would be expensive to build a big warp. <laughs> yes, of room. course. No, we'll just build a vacuum cleaner size. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, we're in that tiny warp core and repairs are being made. Kim says, uh, Kim dismisses actually seven recommends that they run a full diagnostic. And yeah, yeah. Um, he's kind of starting to dismiss. <laughs> it's getting a little power crazy here. Right? Yeah. Not, not listening to some advice. Not and at all. Seven even says, you know, Jane, we wanted us back before Voyager finished repairs. Um, 
Right. We need to we need to get moving. Not only does he dismiss Seven, but yeah. he dismisses Loken. Loken's Loken like, too, Look, yeah. this system is super delicate. He's like, well, you know what? Correct me if, if I'm wrong, but you're a physician, and uh, you know you have to trust me on this. So uh, yeah, we're gonna get a little closely, little power yeah. crazy here. Oh, huge, big time. But when they're alone, Seven tells Harry that uh, she discovered a serious flaw in the whole ship systems. Right. In, you know, she says, "I've discovered a serious flaw in one." Of the oh, ship systems. One and of the ship Harry's systems. Like, Which one? What is it? Like, yeah, he's like, captain. what is it? The captain. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're issuing orders. You're having a... Seven is reality check right now. Yeah. She's like, instead of issuing orders and having other people carry them out, as most captains are supposed to function, you're you doing... You issue a, an order issue and or- you carry out the order <laughs> and you do well. it. <laughs> yes. And Harry's like, well, they're not experienced and I've got to do all this. She's... And she's like, um, you know, when when you came on Voyager, yeah. Janeway supported you yeah. to learn. That's right. And she didn't do the work for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She let you gave you a lot to do so that you could learn and get gain confidence. So that's yeah. a great that's a great scene. It is a good scene. We're back on the Kralor Bridge now, yeah. and uh, yep. as predicted, Harry didn't listen. The the primary generator does fail. Yep. As cloak, does their the cloak. cloak. Is, mm-hmm. And now all all these Anari ships move in. They they count six Anari ships out mm-hmm. in space. Mm-hmm. We go out to space. We do see it decloak, and the six ships start firing. We go yeah. back and forth between the bridge and uh, and engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, they, I did like both Anari and Kralor ships. By the way, they all I did too. They look good. Too. But during this uh, little firefight, we cut between. The vacuum cleaner warp room and the bridge and um harry's like evasive maneuvers and seven says the primary generator is failing and then there's this big hit on the on the i think it was on the bridge yeah and it was a cool stunt moment like great tons of oh, stuff no no on. no when when okay when seven says primary generator has failed yeah, she's not on the bridge. She's an engineering, and she's the an explosion engineering. is what knocks her and another, you know, oh that's uh, right, Kralor ND. Out. It was in the engineering, yeah. but engineering. it was a cool get, explosion. Yeah, it was a very good explosion. Yeah. And whoever is whoever was Jerry Ryan's stunt double did a good job a, getting yeah, blown back yeah. with the hands flying back. Flying the old, back. Ah, ah. Yeah. yeah, really good. Um, um, Harry calls for seven. Uh, no she doesn't answer. He starts mm-hmm. to go. Tarek says, "We no, you can't go down there. We need you here." And Dale, Dale, Dela, Dela says, D- like, "No, I'll yeah, I'll go, I'll go." Dela volunteers, then... which is a classic redshirt move. She's going to be gone <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, but she's important though. She's like the right hand person to yeah. to Loken. So yeah. I'm, I'm assuming scientist number two, right? So you would think so, but she, think- but Harry says, "I'll I'll talk to you. I'll talk you through all this over the comm." Mm-hmm. Um, we go out to space with some more, lots of shots out there, lots of firing of weapons. Yeah. And we go back to engineering. We see Dela dragging seven out. And I was like, okay. first of all, she sort I... of dragged her around the corner and dropped her probably on a pad or something that was out there <laughs> to be a nice, comfortable. Like, I kept looking, I... Robbie, did you, I thought it was a mannequin. I, I, I kept saying, there's no way that she has the strength to pull her out that easily and just kind of fling her onto the ground i know how hard it is to uh, to move a human being and it's it's it looked well, easy to her i i i'm i was confused here because i'm like yeah. why is she if she's trying to get the primary you know generator power back online 
why does she care about moving seven right now? And why? Oh, because life, about taking, life support was failing down there. That's why she felt that seven yeah, would die. If, if it's she failing, inside. I yeah. don't know. It was weird. It was like, put her outside and shut the door. And I'm going to like lock was, myself in this room yeah. where everything's failing. It just was not smart. I don't know who told her to do that. If Harry told her to do that, bad captaining. I didn't say that. But it was like, it was just weird. I did not order her to do that. I guess what I'm saying is I knew immediately when we put the series regular out in the hall and shut the door on ourselves, it's basically a suicide mission. Okay. And it would have been better if she said that. Like, you know, I'm going to stay in here and, you know, even if I die, I'm going to do everything I can. Like, at least say it, but. I don't know, it was weird. <laughs> so we go back and forth between the Kralor engineering room with Dela and Kralor Bridge with Kim just asking about what's the field polarity. Yeah. She says 206.4. He says that's too low. We have to raise it. Dela says I'm, she's going to bypass the phase converter. And that's when Harry micromanages again. He goes, No, no, no. I didn't tell you to bypass the phase converter. And Dela says, Well, won't that increase the field polarity? Kim's like, Yes, but wait, listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to try. All of a sudden, Loken jumps in. He says, Dela, it's Loken. Take the warp core offline. And Harry's like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, Loken gets all science, sciencey. He's a bypass mm-hmm. the driver coil, shunt the power directly, Polaron matrix. Uh, all this stuff. Cloak is back online. And Harry's like, get us out of here. Full impulse. Um, secure engineering section. And uh, get back to the bridge, Dela. And, that's and when she's Loken says, dead. Nothing. Yeah, she's dead. But the, here's the thing. Before she dies, when she's doing all those things, she does do a little... <laughs> She does like <laughs> one little, little <laughs> it was a it. very light. It goes from like, oh, I got a tickle in my throat to, <laughs> yeah, to I'm, I'm dead. dead. And I, and so I'm sorry. Uh, that is, that is the one part of this episode that annoyed the crap out of me. I'm like, wait a minute. She just died like a, but then again, we've already established the fact that from 54 crew members, half of them died very easily. So I'm, I'm just going to say that they're, they're very me- sensitive. They're very sensitive to everything. <laughs> they're extremely are very friendly. delicate. <laughs> The Kralor are the most fragile aliens in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all. That's the only thing. Okay. <laughs> we go to, I guess Loken comes in. Is this a quarters or where is this? Or their uh, medical bay? I yeah. couldn't tell where this was. I, I think this is in a crew, like a Kralor crew quarters area. Yeah. Because yeah, there's no there's no sick bay here. It doesn't no. seem like, right? Even though um, they're supposedly taking medical supplies <laughs> they have no medical facilities um yeah. but loken enters and yeah. dale is dead and Her- harry's checking uh yeah he's scanning her with a tricorder right yeah. which is not even it's not a medical tricorder it's like no. a regular tricorder and, and then he hands right. it to he hands it to loken <laughs> yeah. and says what do you think we should do doctor and loken sort of, doctor <laughs> yeah and loken sort of looks at the tricorder and then Holds it really funny. Like, clearly yeah. doesn't know. He's not doing anything. He has no clue it, like, what's happening. Slides it around. And he says, <laughs> Harry oh, goes, Harry, do you, do yeah, you think I, it's shock? I, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then Harry goes, I, after he goes, uh, I believe she may be in shock. I, Harry says, well, do you think we should give her a cortical stimulator, uh, stimulator or stimulant? And Logan's like, well, that might be the the right you know way yeah. to go. And and then that's when Harry knows. He goes, you're not a doctor. God, I got to talk to you alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we're in the captain's ready room of the Kralor ship. And Kim's like, what the heck is happening? Logan try to, tries to play it off. He's like, no, what, what are you talking about? And Harry's like, nothing adds up. Nothing adds up. You know more about the cloaking systems than biology. So did mm-hmm. Dela. Um, 
And then uh, the second our cloak uh, failed, half a dozen Anari warships come after us, one little tiny medical transport. So give me the truth. And, um, you know. He does admit it. He says it's not vaccines. It's the cloaking cloaking device. We're trying to get this cloaking technology back home because we've been blockaded. And how long was the blockade for? Three years. That's what he said. Yeah. People are dying because of this blockade. And this cloaking technology would help help them survive and but harry's like it's not it's military it's not humanitarian like you right right it's a complete lie but that's a long blockade that's that's a three-year i mean i'm surprised they're even still alive after that amount of time Mm -hmm. it's like my goodness harry's done at this point he's like we're going back so he goes to the bridge tells them to turn around we're going to head back to voyager yep and logan logan tells Tarek, oh he knows about the cloak and mm-hmm. Tarek feels bad. Tarek looks at Harry and says, look, I would have told you, but, you know, and Harry's like, look, I gave you an order. And Tarek says, well, what about this mission that we're supposed to go to our home planet? And Kim's like, no, that's, that's, um, that's we're not, not doing that concern. anymore. We're, go- yeah. we're going back to Voyager. Yeah. If you, if you're a, if you want to be an officer, you need to follow orders. And Tarek's like, nope, I don't No, I don't think Mm-mm. so. <laughs> no, that, basically yeah. it's a mutiny. Yeah. There's a mutiny. Um, and then Loken relieves him of duty. So mm-hmm. Harry's uh, temporary captainship seems to be over for the moment. Yeah. And there's a mutiny. They're not listening to him anymore. They're going to take back the ship. Mm-hmm. We go to uh quarter on Voyager back to the Egypt story. Can we, before we get in the quarter, can I say one thing? When yeah. we were doing the intro, I talked to you about there's one huge glaring error in this episode. Mm-hmm. Hope maybe you'll find it. And it started in the scene where Harry takes Loken aside and, and says, you know, what the heck's going on? From that scene forward, if you notice, Harry has makeup on his face, but not his neck. Really? Oh, my God. Okay, because... Typically, I have um, I have a couple people that will do well, one person that will be my main guy, which was Mark Showstrom. Showstrom would do my makeup, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone else was able to do my makeup, but this was uh, a individual who ended up um, was a day checker, then ended up being like more of a regular person. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. call them out about this their name, but I'm just going to say they forgot to do my entire neck. Part. Oh no. So this is kind of darker and this is lily white practically. Oh, and I was so I was so upset. I was I remember walking back into the trailer after um seeing this episode air. I walked the, the next day, the next time I worked after this episode aired, I walked in and talked to that makeup artist. I was like, Did you watch the last episode that we did where you did my makeup? And they were like, No, I didn't see it. I said, You missed all of this. And they were like, <laughs> So um, yeah. Every yeah, because you got to take whatever you put on the face and kind of blend it down. Bring it down, yeah, right yeah, to the color. Otherwise, it looks like makeup. It does, and that. Can you imagine if we did prosthetics on aliens and we just did me yeah, we just stopped and then right just here. left. Is there whatever <laughs> neck? Ne- yeah, if Neelix's face stopped right here, and then everything yeah. right here was John uh, was Ethan Phillips. Everything yeah. here is just his neck. It would look odd. It would look so bad. that yeah, and so really that pulled me out of it when I was initially I watching this. That. Yeah, but, but if you didn't notice it, that's good. And I, to I be perfectly not. honest, I noticed it less now than, than I did back, back then. Yeah, back it. then I caught it so quickly, and I was like, "Holy moly, this was a huge error!" But wow. also, that's on me too. I mean, I should also be looking maybe in the mirror, like, okay, am I am I good for this scene? And oh, my neck's gone, but yeah. you know, my neck's not covered. Uh, but 
typically when you have this many lines, all you can think about is get my lines right and get my lines down. <laughs> yeah. A lot of words. Yeah. And a lot of words. My only, my only um, critique of my, a lot of my performance here is that sometimes when I was trying to remember my lines, I start hand, I start hand acting. I start gesticulating mm, because it's, it's a way, yeah. Gest, yeah, the gesturing is a way for me to help or, or remember a line or I was getting a little um a little uh foggy on what the next part of my my speech was yeah it's funny like um you know when people give speeches like you know reading a speech Mm -hmm. you'll notice that there is often when someone's at a podium yeah they're teaching or lecturing or speeching correct there will be emphasis because that's a situation where hand emphasis makes are important right but in real life people don't people generally don't use their hands very much. They, it's not, it's not a natural thing. No. And, and Janeway, when she does use her hand, she does this. She'll just bring her hand up like this and she'll talk. So let me get this straight. I think (laughs) so there isn't a lot of like, "Mm -hmm," and then that, and that, and and that, and I was, I felt like if I was able to, yeah, if I I could do this episode again. Yeah. So you didn't, you didn't notice that, that I was extra handsy, but if if I was to do this again, again, you would tie your hands behind your back. Oh, hell yeah. Tie them behind my back. Handcuffs, whatever it took. Okay. I remember one of the acting classes I was in that, that the teacher actually taped the uh, she taped one actor's eyebrows down because he would always he act was... with his eyebrows. It was like, hur, hur, hur. and she was like, no, this is your facial I, mugging. You know, it's funny because it, that reminds me when I was in acting school, uh, we had a class that was traditional classical mask work. So it was yes. a Commedia dell'arte French yes. mask work. And I loved the class. I yeah. loved it yeah, because you would put on these leather you know, these beautifully handmade masks that had either neutral faces or different expressions mm-hmm. and you would work the scene. And, mm-hmm. and in the beginning we did no words. It was just, just moving, miming almost yes. like going mm-hmm. through behavior with a mask on. Right. And then you get into dialogue and things, but I love yeah. the class because when you put the mask on, it takes away that sort of you know, eyebrow acting or facial acting. Yes, it you does. Can't, no matter you can't what, do it. Yeah, it's not going to do anything. And no one's so, going to see it. You've got the mask on. So it's with the mask on, suddenly you start feeling it. I, I did at least, and yeah, the, I would feel the behavior, the situation, the, the the scene much more deeply with that mask on, and it felt safer for some reason. Like it, it sounds it like great. this would be a good exercise for all actors to engage great. in mask work. Yeah, it was sure. really a great class. So yeah. Um, Okay, so we're back in our story. We go into a corridor. Paris yeah. uh, is walking with Icheb. He even asks, you know, should I be worried about you and my wife uh, going, you know, cl- climbing together? Kind of joking. But, <laughs> but at least he's like, you know, I, I, I liked this I, little scene because I, I at do. least Paris because... was like calling it as it is. Yes. But and... Icheb is so nervous in this whole scene. Yeah. that you're about to that you're going to crush him essentially yeah. right that you're going to take him out but yeah paris is his normal self which is fine which is exactly what we need right he's not going to yeah. do anything different from who he is even invites him to this uh holiday program because yeah. he says oh you know if you like climbing you know you should try my race car program yeah that's super fun and yeah. each completely misinterprets this and he's like are you proposing a competition you're challenging me challenging me yeah <laughs> So then we go into engineering and Icheb comes in and he says, I, we can no longer see each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a married woman. 
And, you know, your husband just uh, challenged me to a Klingon ritual competition. <laughs> and she's like, what? He's like, like I scanned you. She's like, you scanned me? <laughs> Roxanne's reaction, you scanned me? Yeah, in the Jeffrey's tube, your blood pressure and neurotransmitter readings uh, indicated a state of arousal. Torres like, look, it was hot. I've it been a lot hot, under a lot of pressure. And I've been climbing through tubes. Yeah. I've been, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Trip, I look, I, I like you. But, you know, aside from the fact that I'm an older woman, I'm married. Um, and then each of it still doesn't get it. He's like, he well, that's why you have to do the honorable thing. And I love how Roxanne played it. She's like, like, okay, fine. All right. Sure. You're right. As much as the truth hurts, I'll just have to face the truth. It's, it's right? very yeah. funny. It's, it's very good. Uh, I was glad that the scene happened. Finally. Uh, the last two scenes, the Paris yeah. scene and this yeah. scene, I was like, <laughs> yeah. enough of this weird. Enough was, of this weird storyline. Let's yeah. get out of this entirely. Let's please get yeah. out of this. Yeah. But played well, though. Played well by Roxanne. Good yeah. job. Played mm-hmm. great. Um, we go to uh, back to the Kralor ship. Yeah. Um, Harry's going to visit Seven. Yeah. He sits up and. Uh, Man, Harry's... she sits up so quickly. She sits yeah. up very easily. Like there's no damage to her. She's yeah. like, yep, I'm good to go. Yep. Well, yeah. Um, he explains that there's been a mutiny, basically, that they lied. And <laughs> there's no vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. And Harry goes, you know what? We can get out of here. We can take these escape pods. She's like, well, wait a minute. You can't just ditch. Like you're responsible you've gotten this involved. You can't just shut it off. Like it's some holodeck program that right. you're not enjoying anymore. This is reality. Yeah. Like we've got to, uh, we've got to see this through and these, these people won't get home mm-hmm. without you. You've, you've started this journey. You've got to finish it. And I thought that was a really good scene. I liked it is a good scene. And you know, Harry brings up that Dela died, right? Someone died following my orders. And someone's like, you know, you can't blame yourself for that. Captain, uh, uh, she goes, you can't blame yourself for that. And Harry's like, well, Captain is responsible for the lives of the crew. And Seven says, well, you know, people sometimes die on missions, despite the Captain's best efforts. And Kim says, well, I should have stuck to playing Buster Kincaid. Seven says, a holodeck program can be turned off when it no longer suits you. You know, if you really feel responsible for this crew, you'll help them get home because they will not survive without you. So, yeah, um, yeah you can turn off a holodeck program, but you can't turn off your responsibility as a Captain at all. No, good scene. It's a good, I, I feel like this is a, a really good scene and it feels um, at the heart of the story in a way mm-hmm. of like what Harry's learning is that yeah, being a captain is not as easy as maybe he fantasized about getting these promotions or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's dealing with the reality and seven's a good, you know, mirror for that. So, right. Um, we go back to the Kralor bridge. We do see an exterior shot of two Inari ships that are releasing these crazy pulses that sort of just Oh yeah, that, yeah. They're like scanning pulses, is what it is. And so the beginning of this scene on the Kralar Bridge, Tarek is is asking if that's some new kind of a weapon, and Loken says no. They're scanning pulses to illuminate mm-hmm. cloaked ships. If we hit one, we'll be exposed. Mm-hmm. So Tarek is like, well, how are we going to get through? And that's when Kim sort of says, hey, we'll find a way. That's he Kim walks returns. in right at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and, Logan's like, I thought you were leaving, buddy. And uh, Kim's like, nah, I get claustrophobic in escape pods. <laughs> yeah, and he says, switch to manual helm control, full power to the shields. And Logan nods over at Tarek, and Tarek says, I, Captain. So Harry's got his captainship again. So. This scene to me Whee! was, it, it it happened too quickly for yes, me. I was like, agreed. <laughs> wait, they just let him take, tr- they're going to follow him suddenly without having a conversation about like, are you really going to help? Like, yeah. it just, yeah, he showed up and they're like, "Okay, you're back." Yeah, well, you can take over. It was it was a little too fast for me. 
But okay. uh, we go down to, to the planet again where Voyager's sitting on the surface. Another angle of Voyager down there. Yeah. Uh, I was very impressed with all those uh, visual effect shots of the ship. It was just yeah. different angles every time. Look cool. Yeah. Um, we go to the bridge on Voyager and um, Geral or is it Geral? Or Do they Jack? ever say his name? I don't think so. I don't think so. So let's just say Gerald or Gerald. Okay, Gerald. Gerald. Ger Ger Gerald yeah. comes back Ger yeah. and... Um, this time he comes back, he's going to escort Voyager out of Anari space. Yeah, he did actually. He's on, so he hails them. So he's not on the ship. Yeah, he's not right? on the so, ship, yeah, but he's back in the yeah. story. Yeah. And uh, he found out that they've attacked some of his ships, or, yeah. or some, some of his ships have been shot at by the Delta Flyer a few days yeah. earlier. Mm -hmm. And uh, he also detected two of their people on a Kralor vessel. Right. And they so have five minutes to get out of here. Yeah. And also now no deuterium injectors, no dilithium, nothing. Nope. We get nothing except mm -hmm. for an escort to leave. And she has no choice. Like Janeway's basically like, well, I yeah. have to comply with this. Like it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, we go back to the Kralor bridge and Harry is, you know, tossing out orders here. Stay a hundred meters ahead of every pulse, but mm -hmm. don't return fire. Because mm -hmm. then they could triangulate our position right. uh, easier, which mm -hmm. was smart. Very smart little move. Yep. He does appear to offer like a negotiation with them. He says, Yeah, he says, open a channel to the Lidinari ship, right? So he says that mm -hmm. they're willing to um, discuss uh, terms for surrender. And mm -hmm. he says, end transmission. And Loken is like, how oh, dare you? You know, we 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 trusted you as the captain. And Harry's he like, basically and, off yeah. Harry offers to he says, let us get the people back to their planet and we right. will give you this cloaking. Yeah, you can have this technology. damn ship. Yeah, you can take it. Yeah. But let, let's let everyone get off of this ship safely. Mm -hmm. And the Inari commander agrees. He's like, Yeah, okay, I'm down for that. Um, so Harry's basic plan is to use the tractor beam of this this uh Inari ship to um propel the nightingale mm -hmm. as fast as it it's sort of like a slingshot effect when you're holding yeah. one person holds a rubber band and the other person releases it it shoots the rubber band the other way so that's kind of what harry's plan is that would get them inside the defense perimeter and yes then and then they'd, they'd be, be safe. safe that's all they need safe, yeah. and they'd have their ship yeah um yeah. basically use their own weapons against them mm -hmm. someone says yes so um the cloak, and it works yeah, yeah the cloak mm -hmm. is disengaged the slingshot mm -hmm. happens uh, they're heading into the defense perimeter. It's a super tight close-up on uh, Harry when he says, take us to the surface at the end or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, nice, nice big uh, close-up there, hero yeah. moment. Hero moment for sure. And yeah. honestly, again, when I watched this, when it, when it aired for the first time on UPN, I, the minute I saw the neck thing, I tuned out. Like I didn't, oh, I just, I, yeah, I was like, you know what? I just, mm -mm, this episode's, I, I can't even watch it. Like I, I was just a zombie at that point. I kept thinking, I can't believe they missed that. And so I didn't really watch myself as captain. And I think other than the excessive hand movements, I think I did an okay job in this one. It, yeah. it really, it really came off pretty well. Uh, and uh, um, I'm happy with it. Definitely. Yeah. It was yeah. nice to see Harry, in a different kind of dynamic and relationship mm. with people mm -hmm. than than mm. the the young eager ensign you know it was nice yeah. to see to have that change so, yeah um we exactly. go to a voyager flyby voyagers back in space they've left that planet yeah. they're being escorted out of anari space 
Janeway tells Chakotay and Paris to take the flyer. We're going to have to go find Harry and Seven when suddenly... Uh, Wait, take the flyer? Isn't the flyer in the in the hold of the cradle? That's what I thought. But then I started thinking, wait, what? Harry came back on the ship. Remember? You came back to tell the captain, hey, can I help these people? And I, it, it's not clear, but I think when you came back on the ship, you must have put the flyer back in on our ship. So it was, when it was okay. in the vacuum cleaner ship, yeah, but and, but then what didn't didn't the uh, didn't the other Anari guy uh, Gerald didn't he say like hey I detected the hull of your shuttle inside that ship so I, maybe he's just detecting residual yeah um, I think it's they detected yeah. it earlier but I okay. think the time that you put the flyer back on Voyager was yeah. when you came down and said, Hey, I'm going to help these people get home. It's Maybe. a little muddy. I had the it's same. A, well, here's the thing. Why would I put that back? Because if I'm helping them, that's our way off to come back I to know. Voyager. So I, I think they screwed up. I think someone missed this entirely. That's well, my take on this. Maybe. Wow. Cause Janeway does say to Chakotay and Paris, take the yeah, flyer, take the flyer. to go. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it was a little confusing. Right. Right. So they're trying uh, to bring long range sensors on to find Harry's last known position. Uh, and the two folks are like, Oh, wait, wait a minute. And it's like, we hailing don't us. do that. Yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> he's hailing us right about now. <laughs> yeah. And Jane was like, from where cloaked vessel, it's directly astern. So I'm right next to Voyager right now, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, acting captain's log again. New cloaking systems are being installed in other Kralor ships. So the mm-hmm. mission was a success. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry says, still, I wish I felt better about it. It. And we have our final button scene. Our final scene is in mess hall with Neelix. Neelix says, welcome home. Harry's like, you know, it's good to be back. So what's it going to be tonight? Uh, souffle or lasagna? And Harry's like, you know, Neelix, truth is, I'm just not sure. And he says, I thought we talked about this. You know, a captain has to be decisive. And Kim's like, not a captain, Neelix. Not, not, not yet quite, anyway. Not quite yeah. ready. Not yet, yet anyway. anyway. Yeah. yeah, so I felt like, oh, this is great. This is the, this is, this is the lead-in episode. This is the episode which establishes the fact that, you know, down the road, Harry will show up as a captain yeah. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Nightingale. What is your lesson that you have? Uh, what, what's the I, lesson that you got from this episode? The lesson I got was in that scene with Harry and Seven when she says, yeah. you know, this isn't a video game. This is reality. And in reality, the lesson to me is in reality, we all have to deal with the consequences of our choices. Right. And it's not a game that we can just shut off, that we have to continue on right. for better or worse. You know, sometimes we make good choices and there's payoffs and sometimes we make other, you know, not great choices and there's a consequence and we have to deal with it. So that's the lesson to me. Yeah. What about you? I, I think that, yeah, that's definitely one of the lessons I got. Like, you know, you just can't act like an ostrich sticking your head in the sand when everything goes bad. Yeah. So I do see that, but I think the other big message is about trust, trusting people to do their job that they're mm-hmm. going to do and not having to do it for them. So really the lesson is not to micromanage. Nobody likes that's a good lesson too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's something that I, I, everyone gets annoyed by, mm-hmm. and and you know what it is. I think most micromanagers are probably perfectionists in that they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the one that can get this job done correctly, and and I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. And it takes a leap of faith to sort of give up that control to being a control freak and say, okay, I'm going to say this, someone else will do it, and I will realize that they can do the job as 
well as I can do it. I can trust that they can get this job done. I don't have to micromanage everybody. So yeah. Yeah. So, you know, try to stay away from micromanaging everybody. That's my lesson on this one. Good lesson. Mm, Your rating. My rating. You know, I, there's a lot of things about this. I love, obviously I'm very happy for Harry getting, uh, you know, a temporary captain's job, seeing a different side of him, Mm. but that whole each story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just bugged me on so many levels aside from the fact that like it was just creepy so i'm gonna give this episode and also here's the other thing (laughs) yes i like when there's humor in episodes and yeah you know somewhere and there wasn't this was pretty straight ahead drama for the most part and maybe maybe the echeb story had a little bit i give this a 6.9 cut to the chase 6.9 yeah huh I felt okay. like there were some inconsistencies in characters, and but I, yeah, that's what I give it. What about you? I'm going to give this a three. What? I'm kidding. I'm going to give this a. Uh, what are you doing? Are you going? I'm going to give this a. I'll give it a little higher than you. I'm going to go seven point three on this one. Seven point okay. three. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just you know, I, overall, it it was an episode that had um, good guest stars, and it had. Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot for my character to do, that's for sure. So this is a big carry episode. And so I'm going to give it 7.3. What about our admirals and captains average? Let me pull that up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Our captain and admiral's average rating for Nightingale is 6.5. Mm, so you and I were both yeah. a little higher. Yeah. Because I do think there was good 6.5. things in this episode. but yes. But there was enough. I, it was just inconsistencies. I didn't right. feel like. Janeway was acting her normal way. I didn't yeah. feel like Bellana was at all acting her normal way. Yeah. Even the inconsistency with Harry, like it was good to see the strength in him. Yeah. But I felt like, where did all the other qualities of Harry go? It's like right. all of a sudden we're watching a whole different character. Yeah. Rather than sometimes Harry doubts himself. And it would have been nice to have seen some of that or some of his own insecurities or mm-hmm. worries or. Yeah, you know, earnestness or some of those things yeah. in the story over there. It just right. felt a little out. Everybody was playing a bit out of character for me. That's okay, yeah. fair enough. Fair and the enough. Delta Flyer just magically appeared back on Voyager. We don't well, know. We, <laughs> we're going to go into even more depth in yeah. our um, bonus materials for sure on this episode. So we want to thank everyone for joining us for this recap and discussion of Nightingale. Join Robbie and I when we recap and discuss next week's episode, Flesh and Blood, parts oh. one and two. So I guess they hey. stuck both parts into one episode. Hmm. Wow. Okay. okay. So this is a two-parter that's basically uh, a one single episode and it, that's weird. We don't do that like it that. It is Usually very weird. We do Unimatrix Zero Part 1, and then the next week is Unimatrix Zero Part 2. But this episode is one and two together in an hour and 25-minute episode. So, what? Yeah. That's weird. That is super, super odd. We'll see what that what that's about next right. week. But right. I'm curious. Okay. I'm very curious about that. Yeah, that's me too. Weird. Me too. All right. For all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. <laughs>